2 Kings chapter 2. And I'll be honest with you, I've been staying in this book, it seemed like for the last 30 days, uh, this book of 2 Kings. And uh, Sunday, I preached, uh, I preached uh, from the passage, verse number 15. Uh, I preached verse number, uh, I don't know, verse number 10 down to verse number 15. But I went back home and I was just reading the continuation of that story of verse number 15. And uh, the Lord just spoke to my heart uh, early on Monday. And so I thought, I'm going to preach this, God willing, uh, tonight. Amen. So uh, you pray with us and for us. And I pray that it would be a help to, to you uh, tonight. Amen. Second Kings chapter number 2 and verse number 15. The Bible said, When the sons of the prophet, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. And they said unto him, Behold, now there be with thy servants fifty strong men. Let them go, we pray thee, and seek thy master, lest peradventure the Spirit of the Lord hath taken him up and cast him upon some mountain or into some valley. And he said, Ye shall not sin. And when they urged him till he was ashamed, he said, Sin. They they sent therefore fifty men, and they sought him three days and found him not. And when they came again to him, for he tarried at Jericho, he said unto them, Did I not say unto you, Go not. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and then you can be seated. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, I do pray tonight, God, that you would give us liberty these next few moments. I pray that you would touch the message and God speak to our hearts. And Lord, may you be honored in all that will be said and done. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to have ears to hear and hearts to listen uh, what the Spirit of God would say. Now, in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to draw your attention to verse number uh, verse number 16 here in just a moment uh, concerning the sons of the prophets where that they come to Elisha uh, after Elisha has crossed the river. And in this text here, it's very easy to see the, uh, the story or the theme of this story here is that they come to Elisha and they want to look for Elijah. And Elisha tells them that there's no need for that, that you shall not go. But they do not listen to the man of God. They want to go on on their own course, on their own mission. And the the theme of this text here is that they fail to listen to what the preacher says. And I thought about that. Why would they not listen to Elisha? I mean, when you think about Elisha as the prophet of God, the man of God, and you think about these sons of the prophets, why would they not listen to Elisha? I think if anybody uh, ought to listen, uh, the sons of the prophets ought to be willing to listen to Elisha because they were followers of Elijah. Isn't that right? Elijah had taught them and trained them. He had taught Elisha and trained Elisha closer. And so you would think that they would just move at his every command. I think the scriptures even gives us reason here as to why they ought to listen to Elisha. You say, preacher, why should they listen? Well, they ought to listen because Elisha had walked where they had not walked. Amen? If you look at verse number 7 and verse number 8, we see these 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and they stood to view afar off and they too stood by Jordan and Elijah took his man and wrapped it together and smote the waters and they were divided hither and thither so they too went over on dry ground. So they ought to listen to what Elisha has to say because Elisha had walked where they had not walked. He had walked with the man of God, Elijah that was before him and then I'd say they ought to listen because Elisha had also witnessed what they had not witnessed. Amen. If you go back to verse number 11, the Bible says, and it came
came to pass, as they still went on and taught, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And notice the Bible says, and Elisha saw it. Now this is what I believe the scripture teaches here. These sons of the prophets, they did not know what happened to Elijah. They did not see what Elisha saw. You say, how do you know that? Because in verse number nine, whenever Elijah says to Elisha here, ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Notice what Elijah says. He said, thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, notice this. If thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. So here you have Elijah and Elisha walking side by side. And Elijah says to Elisha, listen, if you see me go up in that chariot of fire, you're gonna know that God has answered your request. Uh, and then there's that little word in verse 11, appeared. Amen. You know what I believe according to the scripture? I think that God opened Elisha's eyes and let Elisha see. Just like Elisha prayed for that young man in chapter number six when he said, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. What did he see? He saw the same thing Elisha saw. He saw chariots of fire all around about the mountain being full of them. You see, these sons of the prophets didn't not have the privilege of seeing what Elisha saw. And Elisha saw the glory of God. Why should they listen to Elisha? Because he had walked where they had not walked. He had witnessed what they had not witnessed. And then in verse number 13, he wore what they had not worn. He wore the mantle of Elijah. It was upon him God had given him Elijah's mantle. And then I would say he worked what they had not worked. In verse number 14, he smote the waters and said where is the Lord God of Elijah and God parted the waters and the Bible said that he crossed over I want to tell you Elijah or Elisha was a man of God he was every bit as much a man of God as Elijah and so these sons of the prophets will do well to listen to the preacher that God has put in, in their path I want to preach on that subject tonight on listen to your preacher amen listen to your preacher now I don't know everything tonight and Elisha didn't know everything. Can I get an amen right there? Elisha did not know everything. But I'll tell you what Elisha did know. He knew the God that knew everything. And God was on Elisha's side. People sometimes when they get out of the will of God, they'll say, well, why listen to the preacher? That's always a, that's always a scary sign. Now, don't come to me and ask me, uh, listen, whether or not it's the will of God for you to buy a car or buy a house, uh, you'll have to pray and seek God. I wouldn't dare answer that. Don't come ask me how to, to school your children. I'm not gonna answer that. If they turn out ignorant, I don't want you blaming me, amen? I'm just simply saying there's some things uh, you're gonna have to pray and find the will of God for yourself. Uh, uh, but when it comes to the Bible, when it comes to the council, the word of God. You ought to listen to the man of God, whether it be your pastor, whether it be whoever is preaching behind this pulpit. Young preachers, you hear me well. God will be good to you for listening to the preacher. Isn't that right? But these young preachers, these young Bible school boys here, they did not listen to Elisha in this text. Now, why is that? I'll give you four things tonight and we'll be through. I want to say number one, it's because they lacked unction. Amen? Look at what the Bible 
Bible said in verse number 15, we preached on it Sunday. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. Now, these young men did not have the same touch on their life that Elisha had on his life. They lacked unction. You know, it's going to take more than Bible college and a diploma to make a preacher. It's going to take more than book learning to make a preacher. Amen. Isn't that right? Can I get some amens? Now listen, I know it's spring break week, but don't y'all be on spring break while we're preaching. Isn't that right? Uh, listen, I'm telling you, uh, listen, Elisha uh, was the man of God. He was in touch with God. God had proved him, but these men do not have that same touch on their life. We know that because of where they stood. The Bible said, and we mentioned this on Sunday, but I'm gonna mention it again. We know it because of where they stood. They stood at Jericho. Jericho had a curse on it. Amen? If you're gonna get the touch of God on your life, uh, you're gonna have to get away from those things that have a curse on them. Amen. You're going to have to live clean and live right. You're going to have to live, amen, in a good place, in a good path. And we know that they didn't have no unction because of where they stood and then because of who they saw. The Bible said that they saw him talking about Elisha. They saw Elisha and that's a good thing. But they did not see the glory of God. They did not see the Lord. They did not see what Elisha saw. Hey, it's going to take more than just having a good pastor. It's going to take more than just sitting under good preaching. You're going to have to get in that glory for yourself. Amen. It's going to take more than just being around people who have crossed over Jordan and been in Canaan and lived the spirit-filled life. You're going to have to see that glory for yourself. And let's see, Canaan has got to become not just real, but it's got to become personal in your life. Amen. And so we see here that they lack that unction because of where they stood and who they saw but then in what they said, amen, they said that the spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. Now I said this on Sunday that it's both, it's both of a truth and of a tragedy. And the tragedy is uh, the truth that they did not, uh, the Spirit of God was not upon them like it was on Elisha. I mean, they told the truth when they said that the Spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. But the tragedy of that text uh, is that that same Spirit that was on Elisha, it could have been on them. Amen. You see, sometimes people will say, Well, man, I go to a good church and I, I get around the things of God. That's wonderful. And I tell you, you got to be filled, as I mentioned Sunday. And then the Lord gave me this thought uh, that these young men they knew about the spirit of Elijah but they did not know much about the spirit of God you know there's people in our churches today that's the same way they grow up and they know so much about uh, the spirit of, 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 of old time preaching and old time preachers and old time men of God. But the tragedy is uh, that they know all about that, but they don't know about it being real on them and in them. Isn't that right? I mean, listen, the, we heard testimonies Sunday night of different ones, uh, some that got saved and some that had been saved before. And they testified how that they had been around that, but it didn't become personal to them. Hey, old time religion has got to be more than a novelty. It's got to be more than a badge. It's got to be more than something you parade around. I'm telling you, it's got to be personal. And if it ever gets personal, it won't be none of those things. Amen. I'm telling you, listen, I, I thank God for old time religion. But you know what? More than that, I thank God for Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm not wor worshiping a certain type of religion. I'm telling you tonight, I worship the Savior. I worship the Lord. I worship Him tonight. He is old time religion. Isn't that right? 
We see that they lacked unction. What they said in this text revealed they lacked the power of God. You know, sometimes that crowd that won't listen to the man of God is that crowd that lacks that power. They don't walk with God. They walk in the flesh like these young men in this text do. And we see that they lacked unction. Secondly, we notice in verse number 16, they lacked understanding. They did not understand what had taken place and what God was doing. That is seen in their position. Notice the first little phrase of verse 16. The Bible said, and they said unto him. You know, that's interesting tonight. Because Elisha crosses the Jordan, he comes back. And Elisha has had this great experience with God. He's been had this great experience with Elijah. He has crossed the Jordan River. He is God's man with God's message and God's mantle. And you would think that Elijah would be the one that is doing the talking first in verse number 16. But instead of Elisha doing the talking, it's the son to the prophets that's doing the talking. And Elisha is doing the listening. Amen. Isn't it amazing who is speaking first in this text? And it's it's always amazing to me how the carnal people always have a mouthful to say first. Amen. They don't know when to turn their mouth off. They don't know when to be quiet. Hey, the Bible said in 1 Thessalonians 5 or 4 and verse 11 and that you study to be quiet and do your own business and to work with your own hands. Amen. The psalmist prayed, Lord, set a watch before my lips. Hey, a spirit-filled man will bridle his tongue. A spirit-filled woman will bridle their tongue. But those that are full of carnality and those that my friend and walk in the flesh have always got something to say. They've always got input. They've always got the answer. And these sons of the prophets it's seen in the position that they take. I don't know about you, but if I'd have been standing there and I'd watched what they saw when Elisha parted that waters and crossed over, I don't think I'd have had a whole lot to say. I think I'd have just stood there and let the man of God give me something that would have helped me. But they had a whole lot to say. Amen. You got to be careful about people who have the gift of gab. Y'all with me tonight, aren't you? Sometimes you can be fooled by people who can articulate words. You better look farther than their vocabulary. You better look at their character. You better look at, you know, at where their convictions. You better look at their consistency in their life. Uh, these young men had not done anything, but yet they're talking. Amen. Well... For the few that's still listening. <laughs> Seen in their position. A lack of understanding. They don't know when to be quiet. It's seen in their pride. Look at what they said. Behold now that there be with thy servants 50 strong men. They're trusting in numbers, ability, their position. Hey, they're the sons of the prophets. Uh, they've sat at the feet of Elijah. Uh, they've had a great pastor. They've got something to, uh, to talk about. And they said, Elisha, we just want you to know. I mean, here's Elisha. He wrapped that mantle. He smote the waters uh, and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And he, Elisha smote them waters uh, and they parted hither and thither and he crosses that Jordan on dry ground and when he gets on the other side, those 50 sons of the prophets come and in their pride and their foolishness they say Elisha we want you to know we got it all under control we've got 50 strong men here and we've got everything figured out uh, and we're going to get this thing taken care of uh, isn't it amazing how sometimes uh, uh, people that hadn't done anything for God uh, uh, seem to have the plan seem to have the answers uh, and rather than letting that spirit filled man instruct them and guide them uh, their own pride has got in the way you see tonight, God 
If the Bible proves anything, it proves this. God don't need numbers. God don't need ability. Will he use it? Can he use it? Yes, but he don't need any of it. God doesn't need a position. He doesn't care if they're a son of the prophet. He doesn't care who your mother and father is. He doesn't care tonight of the church. Listen, the name that we may have tonight, it's not in pride. It's not in position. They lacked understanding. And it's seen in their pride. It's seen in their position. It's seen in their plan. Look what they said in verse number 16. Notice their plan is this. They said, we have 50 strong men let them go we pray thee and seek thy master let peradventure the spirit of the Lord have taken him up now they said we've got this plan let these 50 strong men go and find Elijah but you know Elisha knew exactly where Elijah was isn't that right but these boys has done during a conclusion they've done come up with an answer and they've done got a plan as to what they're going to do that tells us they lacked understanding what's amazing about verse number 16 is that Elisha does not even fill them in on the details and brother Danny I read that too and I thought to myself you would have thought that Elisha would have said now listen there's no point in you going after and going on this search for Elijah because I'll tell you what happened but Elisha does not tell them that it could have been because the event was so sacred and so holy that he did not speak about it it could have been because you can't tell some people anything they already know everything I mean these boys have done gathered them a group they've done got them a plan and Elisha said you know what they've got all the answers they've got ear met him back like that I mean listen they, it don't matter what you talk about they've done got a plan before you can get the question done amen you can't even put the question mark on the sentence and they already know what you need to do I tell you the best thing to do with somebody like that is just keep your mouth shut and let them just keep on doing the talking can I get a witness right there I mean they love to hear themselves talk. They love to hear their plan. And Elisha being the man of God that he is, he just lets them rattle it all off. Amen. Well, sometimes you'll tell on yourself. I'll tell on myself if we keep talking. And Elisha, he looks, listens to what they say. He listens to their plan. And it proves that one thing, they really don't know what they're talking about. Well, don't that sound good? Hey, we got 50 strong men, Brother Laddie. We've done, we done, put, together a, we done put together an outfit here, and we, didn't, we choose the best of the best. And we've got 50 strong men, and these men, they're ready to charge the mountains in the valley, and they're going to find Elisha. They're going to they're dig him out of some cavern or some cave there. Boy, it sounds impressive. Only problem is they didn't know what they was talking about. It's seen in their plan. It's seen in their, their perception. They, they drew a conclusion in verse 16. They said, Lest peradventure the Spirit of the Lord hath taken him up and cast him upon some mountain or in some valley. They had come to the conclusion that they knew what God was doing. Can I tell you something after being saved 30-something years? I never know what God is up to. The Lord doesn't fill me in and tell me what he's going to do. I'm going to tell you what God will do. He'll let you have enough light to walk in today. Is that right? He'll show you his will for today. 
Now there may be a decision that has to be made down the road and God will take that word and he will give the answer. But I'll tell you when the answer comes. It comes in due time and due season. There's a reason God didn't just tell us everything the very second that we ask him so. You know why? Because we would never treat his word uh, as sacred as what we do. If we could just pull up like a, like a drive through and get our answer and get what we need, we would never really seek God's face with sincerity like we should. And so God awaits sometimes because we don't need the answer today. He knows when we need that answer. He knows when we need that direction. He knows when that need, that plan needs to unfold and so God just keeps us walking by faith. Why? So that we won't trust in the flesh like these boys. So that we won't trust in our plan but we'll trust in God's plan. So that we don't trust in what we say and what conclusions we have drawn but we trust in the word of God. Isn't that what Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 says? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. God said, you want the answer? You put me in the forefront. You want the answer? You acknowledge me. You want the answer? Don't lean to your own understanding. Don't try to figure this situation out. Just let me be God and you be you. You lack understanding, but he don't lack any understanding. I can't figure it out, but God never has to tell anything up. He never has to put anything together. He never has to question or wonder why. He knows it all. Amen. And even when I don't know what he's doing, he don't have to tell me. He didn't owe these boys no explanation. We find here that they didn't listen to the preacher because they lacked understanding. They lacked, they lacked unction and then they lacked unity. Verse 17 Elisha tells them in verse 16, you shall not sin. But in verse 17, and when they urged him till he was ashamed, he said, sin. You see, these young men were not unified in their preacher's word. He said in verse 16, you shall not sin. That should have been enough for them. But they urged him. It was their will over God's will. It was their will over the preacher's will. You ought to listen to men of God. I ought to listen to men of God. You say, but they're just flesh. That's true. But they're God's mouthpiece. Amen. And if they're preaching the Bible, if they're staying in the bounds of the scriptures, then I'll do well to give heed to what they say. I'll do, you'll do well to give heed to the word that they're preaching because it's not my word and it's not somebody else's word, but it is the word of God. I think that's why as preachers, we have to be so careful uh, that, listen, we don't make our sermons all about, uh, uh, you know, stories are all about herself and I believe there's all, it's alright to use an illustration uh, to prove a point I think you understand what I'm saying but I'll tell you the meat of the message the backbone of the message uh, cannot be some emotional stirring uh, that I've experienced even though those things can be real I'll tell you the meat of the sermon has got to be this what thus saith the Lord amen what we hang our hat on at the end of the day is not our feelings it's not our emotions uh, and it's not our experiences and I believe you can have all of them. But I tell you, you don't hang your hat on that. You hang, those things may happen in and of itself. And I tell you what you hang your hat on, you hang it on what this book says. You hang it on what God says. You don't move because, well, I just feel like it's the right thing to do. Or, well, I tell you, I got a warm sensation when I was praying about doing this. Oh, no. I'm telling you, hang it on what the Bible says. The Bible will never lead you astray. Your emotions can deceive you and experience can 
deceive you. Your feelings can deceive you, but the word of God is truth, amen? And the word of God will never deceive you. It'll always lead you in the right direction, amen? I tell you, if you're leaning on the truth, guess what? Your feelings, your emotions, and your experience will always line up with the Bible. Isn't that right? But they lacked unity. They, they weren't willing to, to take the man of God's word. They, they, they lacked not only unity but in his word, but in his will. They urged him till he was ashamed and he said, send. It was very easy to see that, that Elisha did not want them to go. But you know what? They went on anyway. You know, I can remember times in my life when I wanted to do something. Thank God for a pastor. And my pastor would say to me, I don't think you ought to do that. And I said, but preacher, I really feel like it's the Lord's will. Well, you better pray about that a whole lot more. I can can remember that in the back of my mind. You better pray about that a whole lot more. I don't feel good. I hear my preacher say that. I don't feel good about that. You know, and at that moment, I, but I wanted to, to do that. And I, sometimes the Holy, the Holy Spirit would say, you better just listen to the pastor. Amen. Now, I'm not going to run around with a yardstick and measure everything going on in your life. I, I wouldn't want that responsibility. But I'm telling you, sometimes people come to a pastor and here they're not seeking counsel. You know what they're seeking? Approval. They're wanting someone to tell them this is okay, this is all right, this is the will of God. There's been times people have asked me about things and I've said, you know what, I'm going to pray with you about this and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're going to pray together. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't know God's will for your life about that, but let's pray together about it. And then I'll say, don't do anything until the Lord makes it clear. And that's, sometimes that's the best thing you can say because you don't know the will of God about it. But there's times people come and they'll say, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about doing this and it may not be sin, but there's something on the inside. Holy Spirit say, you, you need to warn them not to do that. You better wait on that. You'll do well to listen to the preacher. A real man of God never wants to dictate, run, or try to lord your life. He wants to be just a counselor to help you along life way. You know, the Bible says that there's safety in the multitude of counselors. They lacked unity. They didn't line up with the Word of God. They didn't line up or the Word of the man of God, which was the Word of God. They didn't line up with the will of the man of God. They didn't line up with the work. The Bible said they sent therefore 50 men. I want you to watch this. And they sought three days, but found him not. You know, for three days, they're out there doing something without their preacher. They're out there doing something that they say is a good work. The only problem is they didn't take Elisha with them. I'll tell you something about that in just a moment. They didn't take the man of God. In spite, Elisha's not going to go. He knows it's a vain search. I've seen people go on them vain searches. Maybe it's in a job. Maybe it's in a maybe it's in a a home. Maybe it's in a, in a location. Maybe it's in maybe it's in some some avenue with their children. Just a vain search. But they're going to go ahead and do it anyway in spite of what Elisha has forbidden them, told them not to do. They're going to go ahead and, and do what they think is right because, you know, after all, they do have 50 men in agreement. I want to tell you something tonight in this text. you got 50 of them that's in agreement. But they're not in agreement with the one person that God was in agreement with. And that's Elisha. 
You know, it ain't always about how many people's on your side. Is that right tonight? I mean, uh, it's not always about, you say, but, but I'll tell you, so-and-so agrees with this, and so-and-so said it was good, and, and such and so-and-so said it's all right. And, and I'm telling you, preacher, I've talked to everybody, everybody I talked to said this is, this is right. Fifty of them. Fifty of them was wrong. Only one was right. You better listen to you, preacher. Amen. It's tighter than a banjo string in here right now. I'm just going to drop her down about one more gear and plow her on out. You better listen. I hadn't heard anything, hadn't talked to nobody as far as I know. Nobody's needed any counsel, thank God. <laughs> I'll tell you something too about a preacher. We're not jumping up and down and running around seeing who we can counsel next. But we want to be there if people needs it. But listen, listen to the preacher. They liked unity. I'll tell you what else they liked when we done. They liked usefulness. Look at the last verse, verse number 18. And when they came again to him, for he tarried at Jericho, he said unto them, Did I not say unto you, Go not? I never want the preacher to have to say, Did I not say? They're not useful to their predecessor, Elijah. Elijah's gone. When they came again to him, they, they didn't have Elijah. Three-day search. Three-day search, and they come up empty. They weren't useful to Elijah, the predecessor. They weren't useful to their people. The Bible said he tarried at Jericho. You know what's interesting about that phrase? These men of Jericho have corrupt water in their city. And in just the next verse, they go to Elisha and they say to him, Can you help us? But they never went to one of those sons of the prophets. Not one time. And so they're not unified. Uh, and, and they're not useful to the people. They're not useful to their preacher. I thought about this. Elijah, the Bible said, for he tarried at Jericho for three days. You know what Elijah does? Elisha does? He waits on them. That's three days they could have been with the man of God doing something profitable. But for three days, they not only held themselves up, but they held the entire work of God up. You know, when you get out and do something, I get out and do something, and we don't listen to the man of God, we hinder the work of God. And I would say tonight, I don't want to be a liability to the work. Amen. I want to be an asset. I want to be, some, I want to be a help to the work of God. I, I think these young men may have learned their lesson and their failure. You see, God, sometimes, He allows failure first in order that we might learn how to follow. You ever fell flat on your face? Sometimes God will let us fall flat on our face so that we learn to follow the people. You ever had somebody older than you, wiser than you, more spiritual than you tell you something and in your youth you thought, well, you know, I know they mean well, but. And then you got down life's road just a little bit further and you realized they knew exactly what they were talking about. And you had to lick some wounds because you did not listen. I think these boys learned their lesson a little bit. God, you say, how do you know that? If you won't look over there, but if you go to chapter 4, the next time you see them is in chapter 4 when Elisha's at Gilgal. You know what they're doing in chapter 4? They're sitting at his feet. They're listening to what he says. Maybe a three-day search in vain, wasted time, wasted opportunity of not listening to the man of God. Man, I've taught them a lesson. We better listen to what he says. 
And then the next time you see them after that is when that axe head is, is, is lost. And you remember that when they said, let's go make more room. And one of them, one of them spoke up and asked Elisha, said, will you go with us? And I thought to myself, how interesting that is that the next time you see them after this, they're sitting at his feet. The time after that, you see them, you know what they're doing? They're getting ready to, to venture out and do another uh, work, but this time they don't want to go without the man of God. I think they learned their lesson and thought, hey, uh, Elisha, would you go with us? And he said, I'll go. And it's a good thing he went. That axe head got lost uh, and they stood in the midst of a miracle because they realized uh, it always pays to listen to the preacher. Tonight as we stand, I have no idea why I preached that message other than the Lord told me to. But I will tell you when the man of God, whoever it be, whether it be me or anybody else, when he gets up to preach, you and I will do very well to just listen. Take in what's said. The Bible said, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Don't get mad if the preacher preaches something that, and I know I'm preaching the Wednesday night crowd, but never get mad at preaching. Just take it. It'll help you. Listen to the preacher. When something is said and maybe the flesh wants to rise up, take, go home and think about that. Pray about it. Listen to the man of God. When counsel is given that sometimes it's hard to swallow, we've all had to have that. I've had to have that. Sometimes it's just hard to swallow something. But go ahead and listen. If he's in the bounds of the scriptures and he's preaching the Bible, listen to what he has to say. It'll help you. Because really, it's not the preacher that's talking to you. I, I, you know, when you stand up to preach at a congregation, you can't think of everything and everybody out there. And I think the Lord has it that way. Sometimes you can't even see everybody that's sitting out there. And God will, Brother Laddie, sometimes he'll have you say some things. But I know people sitting there probably thinks, well, he probably said that because he was thinking of me. The truth is, he's not thinking of you. He's really thinking on that message he's preaching. There is somebody thinking on me. Thank God somebody thinks on me when I sit in that pew. Thank God there is somebody that, yeah, they have something that they directly want to say to me. I'm glad when I go to church, there's somebody that wants to talk to me. And when that preacher says something, I mean, it just, you ever had it do this? It just hits you right between the eyes. Look beyond him and hear that small voice and say, you know, that's not him. That's God speaking. That's the word of God talking to me. It'll help your life. Tonight is that some have already come. If you need to come, you obey God tonight.